Welcome to the Catapult Ed Next Gen Podcast, a podcast to educate the next generation towards a successful financial future. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Uh, Tony Cat here. Today, I am joined by the partner of Altitude Advisory, Kristen Buick. Welcome, Kristen. Thank you, Tony. Glad to be here. Um, we today are talking about um, all things accounting structures. And the reason why I want to bring it up today was we get asked a lot about um, when people go to invest, they might go buy an investment property, they go start to get involved in the share market. Um, they may be looking to borrow money to do these things. You know, often the question comes back, well, Tony, should I buy it in my name? Should I buy it in joint names? Should I buy it in what structure? And what are all the implications of that? And and I guess, um, uh, hence, we wanted to get Kristen on with her background and information today about it. But the one thing I'll probably say straight up is that uh, there's certainly not a one-size-fits-all approach to this. And everybody has a different set of circumstances and a different situation. So... Straight off the bat, I'm going to make it pretty clear that um, no matter what your next door neighbour says or what the guy at the pub says, make sure you get your own advice, get professional advice, outline your set of circumstances and get the right structure for you. Don't assume what someone else is doing is the right thing for you. Is that a fair point, Kristen? Absolutely, very fair point. And one thing I'll say in an analogy that has been a really good one for my clients has been it's like a house. How many bedrooms you need, how many bathrooms you need, it's very specific. And not yep. only that, it changes over time. Mm. So be ready for that. Yeah, it's a very good point and I like that. And and it also even to a degree, stru- what structures you have can depend on the type of job you're in from an asset protection point of view um, uh, You know, and, and stage of life issue as well. Agree, yeah. Um, to kick things off today, one of the most common structures I get asked about that's slightly on the complicated side, but I think a lot of people make it more complicated than it probably should be, is family trusts. Mm-hmm. Um, Kristen, do you use family trust with your clients and, and sort of how, under what circumstances do you think family trust would probably be a good idea for investment? Uh, that is the, the most used vehicle. Yes. yes. Trusts are very well used. They're a little bit more expensive to set up but they give a lot of flexibility and asset protection. So we use them all the time. So in terms of costs, what are the, you know, and, and I won't hold you to this by uh, getting an engagement letter or anything out of you, but is um, what are some of the major, what, what are the costs a client could expect to pay around a, a family trust? So you'd be paying a setup cost for yep. a trust yep. uh, somewhere in the $1,700 mark. And if you wanted a corporate trustee to go that next level, you'd be paying a bit more, two and a half grand, something like that. Yeah. Yep. And and are there an annual, there annual costs as well that go with running a family trust? Yes, there are. You need to do your tax and compliance. And if you've got a corporate trustee, for those that don't know, it's a company that sits atop the trust to mm-hmm. try and protect you, you'd be paying ASIC fees as well. So um, let's just talk about, is there a difference um, if I was setting up the uh, the Cat Family Trust to buy some shares in it? Um, I, I have a choice of putting myself or my wife, myself and my wife Lisa as trustees or I could use a company as a trustee. Yeah, definitely. You have that choice. And, and what would be the pros and cons of either or um, with personal or company? So if you have a company, you're limited. So it uh, it's protection, I suppose, for anything that you have personally. Yes. And if you had it in your own name, 
you might want to be selective. If you've got more than one trust, you would pick one for one, for instance, if it was a property in there, and then you might want to separate your assets. It just depends. There's so many different ways you could slice and dice it. Yeah. It's really interesting too. I have... um we ha- I guess we have some families that um, also set up multiple family trusts for multiple assets um, because they they start thinking about even succession planning with some of their investments where they might own one property in one family trust, they set up a completely new one to own another family trust. Do you come come across that much, Kristen? Yeah, we really do. And for children especially. So yeah. people that have three kids will do that from the get-go. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, we see it a lot. And therefore, one of the advantages of family trust, as I understand it, is then in terms of asset, um, I'll call it succession or changeover, you can just put new names in as trustees uh, and change the appointors and then uh, whoever you put in there become the new natural beneficiary or owner of that Yeah, right. So you've got to look at uh, lots of things to look at, and we're getting a little bit in the weeds here, but Mm. it's deeds and that kind of thing. And it can be costly to do those changes you're talking about, and that's why it's important to get it set up right right at the first place. But yes, it can be changed. Absolutely. Um, Family trusts, um, one of the things that, um, that, that people tend to talk a little bit about is in what way, Kristen, does it help um, your tax in, in from an income point of view? The best thing about a family trust is that you can distribute income wherever the beneficiaries are so you can effectively smooth your income mm. and it can change year on year. Mm. And by smoothing your income, you mean if you've got one, uh, I can call it a partner in the relationship that might be having working one not, um, one you know, it could be, um, you know, your wife might have a baby, take a year off work, not earning any income for that year. It, a family trust could then distribute money to her during that year that she's not working. Yeah, is that correct. An and example of, of y- something you can do. That's exactly right. That is exactly an example with the exception that if there's personal services income, we have to be very careful about yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. But with investments, which is what our focus is today, yeah, yeah you're absolutely right. Um, and then ultimately down the track um, – and I'm hitting that stage in my life now, and I know, um, Kristen, <laughs> you're, yeah, you're, you're <laughs> doing the same thing, is that I can't wait for my daughter to turn 18 years of age because then you can allocate to income to other members of the family. Yeah, correct. So when your children are minors, it's a really minor amount that you're allowed to give them. But yep. once they turn 18, no worries. it's yep. like an adult tax rate. Yeah, correct. So, and that can provide an enormous amount of flexibility for your tax outcomes year on year on year. So, Absolutely. Um, the savings we've seen, yeah, have been incredible. Um, how imperative, Kristen, is it from your point of view to get the structure right in the first place? You talk about the house. How important it is to, to talk about this and get that? that right it's absolutely important when we're thinking about things like getting money from a bank there's lots of considerations and change can be costly so setting it up you don't want to pay uh too much on setting up structures and then changing your mind and paying asic fees and doing something different well that that's right i mean and ultimately changing structures can involve um capital gains tax Events, stamp duty potentially. Yeah, correct. Land tax costs, land tax costs. Um, there's a lot of on costs in moving certain assets around, yeah. and stamp duty, the biggest one. Yeah, yeah, that you run into. It's it's one of those things that it's funny how I do come across clients, Kristen. I'm sure you do the same. Where ten years down the track, they go, "Oh, we should have put it in such and such a structure," or "I wish I'd put it in." 
this structure and do you do you come across that conversation? Yeah, definitely. And in the area that I work in, which is growing businesses, it's okay because the government have given us some concessions to be able to do some uh, transition, I suppose, and restructure. But if we're talking about passive income, it's harder. So yes, Absolutely. we see that a lot. Get a got to get it right up front. Um, some of the other structures that people use, um, and, and just from a very simple point of view, sometimes just putting it in your own name or in joint names is okay, isn't it? 100% it's okay, but you need to have a conversation with your advisor. Where are we heading with this investment? What's it looking like income-wise? And are we going to be kicking ourselves if we mm. if we do it that way? Mm. Because capital gains happens if we shift, then there's lots of other considerations. So the purpose of the asset becomes very important, uh, your Ten, the tenure, how long you want to uh, have the asset for, um, who's the asset intended to be used for down the track, they're all good questions to answer when you're trying to go through something like this. Absolutely. And remember that those things change too as you move through your life. So conversations all the time. Yeah. So what I'm hearing then, Kristen, is f- to a degree you're trying to future-proof probably the without – because sometimes a lot of people don't know all the answers to these questions – you're trying to risk manage some things that may not have happened yet. Yeah, correct. It's more of a what if. Where do you? Yeah. Where, what's your intention right now, and what do we think the intention is going to be in in ten years? Mm. That's the best you can do. Absolutely, and and I guess that that brings me to the point is that how often, unfortunately, Kristen, do you come across in your career where people have bought something already? <laughs> Then say, oh, hi, Kristen, um, just want to let you know I bought a house or <laughs> they've already... In a company. Well, yeah, w- at what point <laughs> is it too... L- a lot of times, once you've signed the contract, I assume it's too late. Yeah, definitely. Please sign and or nominees. If you yes. have to do that, give us a call. Yeah, because um, I do come across that a bit where um, people go, oh, I forgot to let you know that we've bought a house or I actually had a, a phone conversation with someone yesterday that bought a farm uh, <laughs> just um, out of the blue. But um, it's really important you talk to your professional advisors, you p- talk to your team around you ahead of signing that contract or make that contract flexible enough so that you can then have the conversation and oh, put it in the right way. completely note. agree. We see that all the time. Um the, the other structure that you, you may or may not wish to comment on, Kristen, is, um, I mean, companies. Do you come across companies as a structure that is, gets used a lot? Yeah, we do. In businesses, we use them a lot. With When it comes to investments, it would depend. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and depend on, again, all those questions we do, talked about before on what the, the future. Yeah. yeah. So you've got to weigh up the asset risk, I suppose, mm. and you want to mitigate that. But you also, if you're if something you're intending to sell, we mm. have to know that there is no general discount for capital gains inside a company. Yeah, absolutely. How, um, even then, the other thing that I, I just want to cover off on, it, it's, um, it's this topic that people don't like talking about, but death still is a conversation that comes up when you're choosing a structure. Um, you have to understand the implications of these structures on if somebody dies what happens to the asset yeah you definitely do yeah because it it's it means different things in different names doesn't it yeah definitely so we all need to understand the very basics which is the stuff that goes into your will is simply the stuff that's in your own name be it shares or whatever yeah when you're a beneficiary of a trust that's very difficult so yeah we need to talk about that make sure that that stuff is ending where we're intending and so understanding your estate planning requirements, understanding. And the reason why I bring this up, Kristen, is that um, these – I'll say these days because I feel like that makes me old – but there is a lot of blended families and there are a lot of families that have assets from other marriages or other um, 
you know, uh, relationships and there are certain assets they want to go to certain people mm. and therefore um, estate planning is not as easy as it as it might have otherwise been for a lot of families. Yeah, I would have thought it would be more complex now than it ever has been. You're mm. very right. Um, and, and, and with that in mind, therefore, when you're buying new assets or changing over assets, it, trying to think through the mire of what all that complication of blended families is, is, is crucial um, and, and how that ties in uh, to your estate planning. Yeah, and one of the things that we see is people say, no, I don't want that extra structure, I want it to be simple. But yeah. sometimes simple isn't best when we're talking about asset protection. No. Yeah, and, and talking about asset protection for a, for a minute is, um, I guess we're talking about in the event of bankruptcy or being sued. I assume that's the sort of fright, you know things that you'll come across. Yeah, correct. Yeah, that's exactly right. Bankruptcy, being sued, something going drastically wrong. If you're a business owner and you've got assets inside that same business, you could lose the whole lot instead of mm. only what was intended. Um. I promise that this will be the last topic because, you know, we could probably sit here and talk for a while longer. But is I just wanted to know also about borrowing using different structures. How important is it if you are going to borrow in a structure, does it make it more complicated, harder, depending on what structure you use with the bank? I think it, what really matters is the history behind you. Right, from a personal point from of view. From a personal perspective. With a trust, it's a little bit more complicated. But if we're talking partnership, individual yep. or a company... Yep. It doesn't matter at all. Okay, so yeah. the banks will be, you might have a bit more paperwork and a bit more yes, stuff you need to go through with the bank application, but yeah. ultimately they'll... It's the proof, the facts, they're looking at the history, especially these days we're having some people take a really long time to try and get stuff through the bank. Mm. They're notoriously... Slow. Yeah, I suppose their process is much more rigorous these days. Yeah, not the... Going through it myself at the minute, so... Good luck. <laughs> um... <laughs> You know, so, uh, uh, Kristen, I guess in closing with structures, uh, what advice do you have for, for, do you have any other tips or tricks or advice for everyone out there that they need to follow? Please speak to your advisor. Don't try and do it on your own because mm. the prices change. There can be, m we've spoken about all of the structures, but there can also be a combination of every single one of those yes. things. Yeah. So it really matters what your intention is, what your investments are, and what the future looks like, so have a conversation. And you need to have these conversations frequently. Yeah. And a good advisor, of course, will tell you when it's time to do something different. Absolutely. Very, very good advice. Thanks for joining us today, Kristen. I've really appreciated having a chat and uh, we'll join or hopefully you can join in for the next podcast. Thanks. Fabulous. Thanks for having me.